It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Radio coming to you on a getting colder Saturday afternoon. I'm James Seltzer with me as always, the man, the myth, legend, the editor in chief at bleedinggreennation.com, Mr. Brandon Lee Gout and BLG. What's up? James, you look tired, bud. I am tired. Do I look as tired as I feel? I mean, you you always have an energy to you. Yes. Make no mistake. I'm sure the people listening to this always know that. But <laughs> you seem like just a tiny bit, a little bit. Under that. Yeah, I'm still, uh, for those who don't know, uh, my wife and I moved into a new place last week, and let's just say we're not quite done moving yet. It looks like a bomb went off in our apartment right right? now, in our house right now. No, you are never done. That is very, very correct, but we're getting there, BLG. Hopefully by next week, I will not look tired. I probably will, though. So, you know, one thing, though, that is not tired is talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, as we haven't gotten the chance on this station as much lately to really dive into what's been happening with the birds. There's not, not as much news of late. A lot of Phillies talk, a lot of Sixers talk with good reason. But there is a lot going on with the, uh, with the Eagles, BLG. And I want to start off first and foremost by talking about the rest of the NFC as teams are starting to tool up. The Rams, most notably, in the past few weeks have added Ndamukong Sue. They traded for Brandon Cooks. They've made some serious moves saying, you know, Akib Talib, Marcus Peters. They're tooling up. They're saying, all right, we're going for it this year. We're competing with the Eagles. The Vikings, of course, of course getting... Kurt Caviar, a.k.a. Kurt Coupons, a.k.a. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, BLG, just as a, a, a wide take on what the rest of the NFC East is, or NFC has done, who worries you the most at this moment? Um, No one. That's Ooh. my answer. That's honestly my answer. I'm not worried. Like I'm not worried about anyone. Now, obviously, I think it is very competitive, and I do think that it should be interesting. It's not a cakewalk by any means. That's not what I... 
what I mean when I say I'm not worried. I just, it keeps coming back to with the Eagles having the best head coach and or one of the best head coaches and one of the best quarterbacks, I feel really good in that. That's something sustainable. Then you add in the fact that they have this defensive line that generated the most pressure in the NFL last year and arguably, arguably got even better by adding Nada and uh, Michael Bennett, and we'll see what happens with that as well. I'm not really afraid of anyone. Now, obviously, if you want to ask me who are the most threatening teams in that sense, I think, you know, you have to say the Rams almost just because like they got all those guys, and that's scary from a from a talent perspective. We don't know how the personality thing is going to shake out. We don't know how, you know, again, we were talking about on the podcast I'm at BGN underscore radio, how the Rams were the healthiest team last year, and they didn't have to face a lot of adversity. So there's still some question marks in terms of that. But I think it has to be the Rams. They are the team that looks the most threatening, and the Eagles play them. So we'll get to see how that goes this season. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, historically, right, when teams go out, and we've seen it in this city, of course, the Dream <laughs> Team, when teams go out and tool up in that way with free agency and, and adding veteran players, it very rarely works out. That Denver Broncos team, of course, the one with Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl, uh, an example of of the opposite of of going out and kind of getting a bunch of veterans in there and, and making it work. But And with Wade Phillips, by the way. And with Wade Phillips. So, and, and Akib Tlaib was there in Denver with yep. him. These are guys he knows. So, um, look, I, I, I'm not, I'm with you on a general sense. I'm not scared of any of these teams. The Eagles, in my mind, not because they won the Super Bowl, but because of the team that they are and how they're constructed, right. are still the best team and the team to beat in the NFC, regardless of what happened in February. They did win the Super Bowl, though, in case anyone they did. They, they won the Super Bowl. But uh, I'm with you that no one scares me. But I, I think it's really interesting the way the Rams are, are really going for it. I mean, you look at all these contracts, basically every major player on the team other than like Jared Goff is up after this upcoming season. It really is an attempt to bring pieces in and go for it this season. And you look at the whole NFC, that's the thing that's that's really kind of, if you want to get worried about something, I don't think it's a specific team. I think it's the depth of talent in the NFC compared to the AFC. The, the Vikings go out and get cousins. Whatever you think of the guy, Minnesota's still a really good football team around him, and he's better than Case Keenum. So you figure he's at least somewhat of an upgrade. Jimmy G, they won five straight to end the season in San Francisco, made some moves this offseason to get better. I believe in if you have a, a legit quarterback, you can win games in the NFL. Jimmy G, I believe, is a legit quarterback. The Packers, no one's talking about yeah. the fact that Aaron Rodgers is coming back this I think season. I almost want to change my answer to the Packers. Because Aaron Rodgers, because right? Aaron he's, the, he's the one the one entity in the NFC that, that it has to scare you no matter what because we've seen it. We've yeah. seen that guy beat us all by himself. Yeah. So uh, I think it's uh, uh, this is going to be a real battle royale in the NFC this year. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun in terms of, you know, a general NFL standpoint, not so much of the Eagles having all this competition. It kind of sucks because you look at the AFC. Yeah, it's like, why you can't be in the AFC? East why can't we be like that? Let's switch with the Patriots. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Seriously. But um, when, when you talk about the conference, I think it's an interesting conversation now because that's what we're talking about and how, how, like when was the last time we've done that? I can't remember the last time we were talking about the conference Usually we're focused in on, on the, the division, East. yeah, of yeah. Course. And, and rightfully so because this is a division that we say it all the time hasn't, hasn't been a repeat, repeat winner <laughs> since the early 2000s, 2004, when the Eagles did it three times in a row, and the Eagles could very well do it this year. But when even just getting into that real quick, I think you know you can't, you almost can't take that as a lock just because there's been so much turnover. Now I think the Eagles are ahead of those teams in the East. But think back to last year. I mean, people were saying that about the Cowboys. Everyone was like, the Cowboys are ahead. And now I thought they're 
poised to take a step back. I think a lot of us did, but you never know. The point is things can change really quick. Uh, we don't, maybe we're not giving enough weight to Carson Wentz's injury recovery. Maybe we're not giving enough weight to the fact that Frank Reich and John Filippo are gone. I'm not saying these things are going to cause the team to totally unravel because I don't, I don't think that, but when you, it was such a strength for this team. And when you had all these things going right for the Eagles last year, there's going to be a step back. There's going to be a drop off. And I think that's something to keep in mind. It's not as simple as, you know, you win the Super Bowl and then you're just great again. They have the pieces in place for sustainable success. Absolutely. With Wentz and Peterson. And that's what matters. And that's why I think when you think about the Rams and them pushing all the chips in the middle of this year, I think that's something that you think about with the Eagles that you're kind of glad that isn't the case. You know, they, they won in a year where they weren't supposed to win. They don't have to keep pushing all their chips in for one year. They have the luxury of like, okay, let's build this for long-term and manage the short-term at the same time. That's something, uh, that's a line that's hard to toe, and we've kind of criticized them for doing that, but to their credit, they're doing it. Yeah, and look, there's a reason that there's only been two repeat winners since the NFL went to this current salary cap era that they're in. You know, yeah. it's only happened twice. The Broncos did it and the Patriots did it. That's it. It's really hard to repeat in the NFL. It's designed so you can't. Exactly. And then, Parody. And then a team like the Rams very clearly trying to grab the L.A. market going for it yeah. this year. I'm with you, man. Like, And they might be scary this year, but I would much rather be in the position for the long term that the Eagles are in with the, you know, kind of set up for the now and the future. I, I, I couldn't agree more. The Rams trading away a lot of draft picks. is why yeah. I don't have a first or a second this year either. So really putting their chips in the middle. Uh, it's really it's frustrating that they're in the NFC when you like it's like it's like why why can't we play all these teams in the AFC or or just so much less intimidating so and then you add in the factor of the team playing into February you mentioned the Carson Wentz thing that was something we talked about for a month before we were like oh Foles is staying it was all the will he be back in time I don't think he's going to be ready this that blah 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 now he's out of schedule we have no idea we have no idea we believe we hope that Carson Wentz will be out there week one we don't know. We don't know. The signs are positive right now. There's no indication of anything negative. That's what I will say with that, which is good. doesn't mean the whole world because there's a lot of information we don't know. There's a lot of information the Eagles don't know. I mean, like you just said, we're still, what, months? We're five months away from the start of the season. That's a lot of time. There's a lot of things to figure out. He's not going to be participating in OTAs. We know that. Will he be back for training camp at some point? We don't know that. So that's a big question mark out there. James, the Eagles made some additions this they week. They sure did. That... Do they increase the chances of a Super Bowl to you? Of course, of course not. We talk, it's not realistic. They got Paul Warlow. They are <laughs> winning the Super Bowl again. But interesting hey, don't moves, forget right? Richard Rodgers, Richard, a.k.a. Dick Rod. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about yeah. that. I, I liked your tweet. Hey, the pa- the Eagles got the Rodgers from the Packers. Yeah, they did. It's true. Yeah. But look, Rodgers, I think, let's start with Rodgers. Interesting name. We all knew they were going to do something at the tight end position. Obviously, Zachary's Zach, the only tight end on the roster, not counting Billy Brown or whatever you want to say. Yeah. So we knew something was happening. What's your take on the Rodgers move, and how does he fit into this team? Is he going to be more of a blocking guy, more of a, a receiver? How do you see him kind of shaking out here? Well, he's not good, James. That's the, <laughs> So that's kind of a problem with Richard Rodgers. He's not Uh-oh. He's not very – like, he's not – uh, you, he's not a good blocker. You know, I was talking to some Packers fans. I was looking at some of his film. He's he's not a very good, maybe average at best as a blocker. He's not fast at all. He's not giving this, you this yards after great, the catch. So you're really getting me excited. Here's what Richard he can Rogers do. Here. He can catch the ball, though. From what I've seen for the most part and from the, his reputation from Packers fans is he can catch the ball. To me, he kind of is in that Trey Burton role in that, like, 
Trey Burton wasn't necessarily a great yards after the catch guy either. I mean, he had some of that ability, but it's not like dynamic. Uh, when you think back to some of Trey Burton's best plays from this past season, what were they? They were like contested catches mm-hmm. that he was making. I think Richard Rodgers can do that. Obviously, he saw it with the Hail Mary. Yeah, yeah, uh, against Detroit. I, I think he brings you some of that. He brings special teams value. So it's nothing to get excited about. I don't think he's a lock to make the team, but I, you know, it's something you have there uh, if you need it. They still have Billy Brown. They have Adam Zaruba, who was the former uh, rugby player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have Joshua Perkins as well, who had spent a year with the Falcons when they went to the Super Bowl that year. So they they have some guys there. They're obviously going to draft at least one player. I don't think early. Maybe we disagree with that. I we'll think get into that. On. We're going to talk some yeah. draft later coming up because the name, obviously, Jasicki has been mentioned. I don't know if he's a great yeah. fit right now, but that's a name that's been mentioned at 32. Some others. We'll get into that. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I think they take at least one. Uh, but it, it's certainly a position to watch because Zach Ertz, is your guy, but they use three tight ends. You know, again, Brent Selleck played 40% of the snaps last year. Uh, Trey Burton played 25%, and then those guys contribute on special teams as well. And then if Ertz goes down like he did for only two games, you didn't miss a beat because Burton and Selleck really stepped up, and that's going to be not – you're probably not going to have that same kind of reliability this year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and and I, I do think that Rodgers will be Burton light for them, not as yeah. good an athlete – I mean, we don't, man's we don't know if he could throw. I'm guessing he can't throw like He's, Trey Burton. Did you watch this press conference? No. He said, hey, ask around. I can throw. Ooh, all right. So as long as we can still run the special, I mean, that's really <laughs> all that matters. But I, I'm with you there on Rodgers, and I do think that that there will be another, because especially you talk about Billy Brown. I mean, Zaruba, yeah. who knows? But yeah. Billy Brown's on a do- blocking tight end either. They will fill that Selleck role. The, the, they do a lot of heavy sets, a lot of two tight end, three tight end sometimes. They need a guy who can block. And I know they like to use Samalo as the extra blocker sometimes yeah. and whatnot, but there will be a Brent Selleck replacement here at some point in my mind, no matter what. Paul Warlow, is that a, a guy you think sees time on the defense or more of a special teams fill-in type of guy? So I think it was last week. I was on with John and Jack over there in the producer's booth. We'll just, get to Jack. Checking. I got a question I'm coming up for Jackie sure Fritz. Um, so, uh, <laughs> His feet up are yeah, in there. He's probably watching Netflix or something. Hashtag punish Jack. So the, um, <laughs> when it comes to the linebacker situation, I was thinking about it, and I don't like – all right, so Paul Warlow, I don't think he's necessarily locked to make the team either, but I think they like him. They brought mm-hmm. him in. They had interest in him last year in free agency. So this is a guy that's been on their radar a little bit. And they're not coming, they're not bringing him in to be this key player. But I think when you start looking at how this linebacker situation is shaping up, I don't see the spot for Michael Kendricks on this team because I Ooh. see Nigel Bradham, Jordan Hicks, those guys are locks, right? Yes. I think Corey Nelson is a lock, given that so he signed too. him the first day of free agency. Yeah, and they gave, him, they gave him some money. They said comparatively. they're, they're going to give him a chance to start the weak side linebacker. Michael Kendrick's position. Mm-hmm. I think you keep Kamu Gurche Hill because he's a really good special teams guy and he can kick. And That's and, four. and and a, a glue guy if there ever was one. There I mean, as, as Jack Fritz will tell you. So up to four. How many are they keeping? Probably five or six, right? Yeah, I, I think, would guess five. I mean, I think, the history, recent history says five. Five or six. I think they kept six last year. So Did they have six? There. Okay, yeah. it was five the year before. So I think then you're looking at Nate Gary. I think that's not a lock, but I think they like his potential. I don't think they take him with a fifth-round pick just to cut he him. He got some playing time towards the end of last season. He and, did. Yeah. So I think that you're already at five there, and then I guess Paul Warlow is in there, maybe at six. So that's where I'm not seeing okay, Kendrick's Okay, follow-up. Does Kendrick's have any value? On yeah. the market, you think you they can get a late round not pick like, for him? Well, here's I don't think you trade Kendricks for a fifth. 
I think you do something like you trade Kendricks maybe and your fourth for a third. I think something like that works or out. Or like a, a move up from 32nd to like the third pick in the fourth round or something like that. Yeah, a big swap him, up or yeah, something. Yeah, to kind of like move up into that day two range somehow. You're not going to trade him. You're, he doesn't have enough value that you're getting a third round pick for him. Like I said, maybe you can package him in something to get that third or second round pick. That's Yeah, I'm with you there. It's interesting stuff. We'll get up coming in, uh, coming up just a little bit. We'll get a little more into the biggest needs for this team as well as the draft. I want to bring Fritzy in here. Jack Fritz buying the glass producer extraordinaire, at least in his own mind. Uh, <laughs> Fritzy, uh, real quick, let's start with the the NFC. Who scares you the most, if anybody scares you at all? Uh, the Vikings. Ooh, so so not the Rams. I like the Vikings a lot. I don't. The Rams are the dream team part two for me. Until they put together on the field, I don't believe in the Rams at all. Yeah, I, look, I I get that, and I, I also get a lot of people who. Like BLG, who don't want to, you know, give Sean McVay the credit that uh, he got from a lot of other people. Yeah, he deserved it. I thought he was. I thought he did a great job. I, he's not a better coach last year than Doug Peterson. There's no question. I mean, he's younger than you, which is crazy. It's cr- like he's five years younger than me. All right, not to age <laughs> myself too much. You know, it's but yeah, and that I, I like the way he goes about his business. I like that he lets Wade Phillips run the defense. Why did the Vikings scare you more? Because uh, I like Kirk Cousins more than you, and I think he actually wow. makes that team more terrifying than. Obviously, Case Keenum would have. I think the defense, they, they've just added pieces to that defense, like Sheldon Richardson. Uh, I still think they're not great on the road, but if they, if they are at home and they stay at home for, for a run there, I'd be more afraid of the Vikings just because of the defense. I think Kirk's an upgrade. Uh, Stephon Diggs in year three, Adam Thielen another year. Uh, I just, I think they're good. I think, I think they're good and I think they're underrated. I think they're well coached. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Zimmer's a really good coach. The other thing that, that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. Dalvin Cook coming back too. Right. That that adds another dimension to that offense. If the O line holds up, they're going to be a really really good team again and have the experience from last year and all that. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I I actually might be more. I'm, again, I'm with BLG. No one really scares me, but I think the Vikings are the legitimate competition more so than the Rams. We need to see these pieces gel together with the Rams more so. Does Minnesota even win their own division? I don't know. Well, that's the Packers thing too, and yeah. that's that's the point. Like you have and and. As funny as it is, because we just talked about the NFCs being the division that hasn't been a repeat winner in whatever 13 years or whatever it is, and you can look at the NFC and say that the Eagles are pretty handily the the biggest favorite in their division. Yeah, because I mean right? you got the Packers and Vikings fighting it out. You got all four teams in the South fighting it out. I get yeah. the Bucks. Who knows if well, they actually? Yeah, but they could. The they mix. made moves. They're in yeah. the mix. All four of those teams theoretically competitive. And then the West, and then you got the yeah. the Rams and the Niners in the West, and, and even the Seahawks Seattle are still too. around. Yeah. Yeah, that's really fascinating, actually, how that's kind of played out. Then there's the Sam Bradford. <laughs> what if he's healthy? <laughs> Did you see that tweet today? Yep. Yeah, yeah oh my Peter God, Schreger said, oh I believe God. in that uh, on Good Morning uh, Football. I need to find said, it. said, quote, unquote, he is one of the best passers in the league, if healthy. If healthy. Now, Enough! Look, can I ask you a question? Yes. Is Trey Burton a Super Bowl winning quarterback? He's certainly a better quarterback than, <laughs> than Sam Bradford. That's pretty funny stuff right there. As uh, no... Obviously, <laughs> check out if you want to hear. He is more of a Super Bowl winning quarterback than Carson Wentz. Oh, oh man! If you want to uh, hear uh, us yell at each other incessantly for about twenty five minutes, check out our most recent podcast at BGN underscore Radio. Some people say it's a top five episode. Wow! Yeah, that's the reviews some are people coming in. It. Yeah, and some people. Well, we yelled <laughs> well, yeah. at each other. So the the Very crux of the argument, and we can get into that as well. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. If you want to weigh in on. Who in the NFC scares you the most, if anybody, weigh in at the, the position of need? And also, this discussion that that almost tore BGN Radio apart. Do you consider Carson Wentz a Super Bowl-winning uh, quarterback? It's what happens when Jack comes on an episode, man. 
It turns to a polarizing thing. Jack is a polarizing figure. But again, for, for once, Jack and I, not for once, Jack and I actually agree on everything. But in this case, Jack and I on the same side in this one, Carson Wentz didn't play in the Super Bowl. He can't be a Super Bowl win quarterback. It's just a fact. So I have a counterpoint to what Ooh. you just said. And it's that last week, Jack said that you are literally wrong about everything. Wait, so I therefore, I think Jack just that? said, I am right, if that's the Messed case. Up. If he's it, saying you are literally wrong. It's like my guy here. Then I, I think, my former I think intern, I just won the Jack argument Fritz, based on his, what he said. me out. We'll get into that. Weigh in on that. 888-729-9494. Do you consider Carson Wentz? Obviously, he has a ring. He was part of a Super Bowl winning team. But, but legacy-wise, when you look back, will you say that Carson Wentz is a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Not for the other Super Bowls he's going to win, because that's obviously going to happen. But for this specific Super Bowl where he didn't play in it, but obviously wouldn't have gotten there without him. 888-729-9494. It's James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gout, and Jack Fritz buying the glass. We're coming right back. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Lot of Eagles talk on the table. James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton coming your way with BGN Radio. Talking about the NFC, some teams gearing up to go at the birds. How cool does that sound? Just like, come at us. We're the champs. You got to come at us. It's pretty cool. Not bad. I dig it. Uh, we're talking about that. Also getting into a little bit about the biggest needs. We'll get into that a little bit more later. And the uh, the argument that almost tore BGN Radio apart <sighs> Is Carson Wentz a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Let's head out to the phones and start out in South Jersey and talk to my buddy Chuck. Chuck, what up, brother? James, how are you doing? I'm good, man. What's on your mind today? Brandon, okay? Yeah, what's up, Chuck? How you doing, Brandon? Um, Look, I got to get into this Kapler thing with the booing. These people, if they want to boom, they need to come to the game earlier and boo him before the game for what he did prior to the game. I totally you agree with you. You don't boo accomplishments. They're up 3 nothing, Chuck. 3 nothing, And not only that, he, he's a brand-new brand new manager. What are you trying to do? First of all, you get a bunch of one-game wonders who go to this opening day game who get all drunk and they have no clue what they're doing, and they just – Follow like a bunch of uh, heated geese, you know. I'm with uh, you, Chuck. You're you're preaching. I thought it was. Uh, I, I was honestly, I was embarrassed as I was there. I was embarrassed as a Phillies fan the when that happened. People call up and say, "Well, that's what we did with Philly, or morons," because idiots do that. Intelligent people don't do accomplishments. All right, Chuck, you're preaching the choir, man. You got anything on the Eagles for us? Look at that, Fritz agrees. Uh, question was. I can only go by the body of work that he done. He is quite well qualified to be a Super Bowl quarterback. Okay, so, so you would say he is a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Well, only go on the body of work that he's done in, in, that, in that season that he played. Yeah, no, I agree. The question is, is would he be considered a Super Bowl winning <laughs> quarterback now? It's tough, right? Semantics. It all comes down to semantics. I can't give you a definite answer unless I have that qualifier in there. Yeah, no, that's fair. Chucky, great call, man. Great to hear from you. And that's why it's a conversation and not a unanimous thing that everyone agrees on, which is your argument. Well, no, the problem is that we're arguing semantics, and my thing is that what I am saying, there is no argument to. 
because Carson Wentz did not play in the Super Bowl, so he could not win a Super Bowl. Like, a th- that's it. It's, a, a, it's the end of the story in my I, mind. I have a thing on Gabe Kapler, believe it or not. Ooh, a little, little, a little Phillies, Phillies take. little Phillies-Eagles cross-take here. The floor here. is yours, yeah. sir. All right, so I think... Now I'm not like I'm not saying I'm fully out on Gabe Kapler. I'm just getting that out of the way because I'm not like I'm not. This isn't some kind of hot take here. It's just that you know I've seen some comparisons to Gabe Kapler and Doug Peterson. A lot of and I don't think that's completely the same. And here's why: I think some of the things that Gabe Kapler has said like after games just kind of rub me the wrong way. Like this is the or even on WIP the morning show the other day he was like this is the last time we are going to struggle. Like don't say that. Like why are you saying that? There's no like the rest of the quote is perfectly fine. It's like you know we're going to go through some times like this blah blah blah. It's like totally fine and then the last line is like we're not going to struggle again. And then I don't the remember other, I don't remember that. I thought I, I he said a, we are going to struggle again but we'll, we'll okay, be ready well, maybe, for it. Okay, maybe the quote was wrong but I saw it in WIP's Twitter account. Okay. And then I and then but even even if not then he said something about like he guaranteed like winning, making the playoffs. Yeah, too. well, like, a lot of people gave Doug crap when he said, "Oh, this is like the 1996 Packers." Here's the difference, and he was though. proven right. But he wasn't guaranteeing anything. He said, "We have a lot of work to do." Like he he literally said, "I am guaranteeing we are making the playoffs." Like no, I, he yeah, but and he, he said, said after he a said, loss too. Doug Peterson said that in the off season. He right. didn't say after a loss. Like, I understand. Come on. I understand. But like, what what do you want? They, like, just don't say it is what you're saying. I mean, just, I, like, I think he's I'm showing saying tone it back belief. a little bit. And I'm I understand saying, that. Like, I understand. You're an idiot. I'm just saying rub people the wrong way. Yeah, kind of just like tone it down a little bit. I think that would help him with this booing and stuff. Like kind of just like maybe ease in a little bit. I know this thing is be bold, but like maybe kind of like be bold in a way where like you ease in and then like be kind of bold. Grow into it. Like don't just like come in here and like, I don't know. I understand what you're saying. And, and look, Gabe Kapler has not had a great first week plus as a manager. I think there's no question about it. I don't agree with some of the takes out there, obviously, but I thought for, for the specific moment, what Chuck was talking about, I thought, I, I wouldn't have booed him, but I knew he was going to get booed before the game to boom when he's coming out to make a pitching change. When, by the way, it was the right decision to pull him and it was borne out by the fact that Adam Morgan struck Justin Bohr out on three pitches against a left-handed batter who mashes righties and Nick Pavetta's at 97 pitches. Yep. I mean, you take him out there. It was the right decision to take him out, but more so, you're up three to nothing at home in your home right, opener and that. you're booing your manager. When I type Phillies into Google, all it showed yesterday was... Phillies fans boo manager and home yeah. opener like nothing else mattered. And, but, and it's just a bad they, look. They could have booed him before the game. They did, yeah. I, and no, I was okay with that. Yeah, yeah, I, agree. I don't I don't love it. I wouldn't have booed myself, but right. yes, that's fair. Boo him before the think game. think Doug Peterson will ever be booed again. No. Oh, well, that's the funny thing. Doug was at the game, threw out the first pitch, threw a strike, and and did it like effortlessly. Also, brought the Lombardi with him. So he's just holding up the Lombardi to the crowd. It was like awesome. straight badass. And then he's wearing not just a Roy Halladay jersey. He was wearing Roy Halladay's like jersey. Like an actual jersey that Roy that wore. That gives me chills to say Me that. too. Like, me too. He just gets it, man. He gets it. And it was funny, too, because he was he must have been sitting above Section 109 because I was walking by yeah, Section 109. And literally, I walked by twice, and both times, it's just, I don't know how Doug watched the game, because it's just people standing up being like, Doug, love you, Doug. <laughs> no, I'm with you. That man is a, a star in this city for the rest of his life, and he should be. Yes. Let's head out to, uh, look at this, up in New York. Let's talk to Matt. Matt, you're on WIP. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up, Matt? Good. Long time listener. Just wanted to thank you guys for the uh, support out in New York. You got like three or four fans over here, so it's a good time. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. I have a couple questions for you guys. Uh, the first one is, what are the odds I'm going to be watching the draft? Comes around in a couple weeks. I wait till that 30-second pick, and I waste my whole night because we trade back, you know, 15 picks. It's a fair question. BLG, what do you think? What is this? 
What is the? He's asking, what are the odds that when uh, the draft night comes, the Thursday night, waiting all night for that pick, and then all of a sudden the night is wasted because the Eagles trade back? I honestly, you know, I'm someone who has to write about this, so I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about like how, all right, I'm probably just going to be like waiting for hours, and then they're going to get to that pick and they're going to trade out. And honestly, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for me in terms of writing, but. Uh, very obviously that's a very disappointing TV experience kind of just sitting because what it starts at like seven you're sitting there for almost like four or five hours waiting for that to happen so man I kind of hope they make the pick just because of the like just you know for all of us being able to be there to watch it I just want to hear the announcement you know yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. well obviously that, yeah. that's all yeah. I want I want yeah. in yep. Dallas yeah. suck it it's going to be so great exactly and my second question for you is been doing a lot of talk about uh, who takes that Corey Graham role. So I don't yeah. know if that's going to be a draft guy. That's a good do you guys question. someone on the roster to take Very that pick? Question. What do you guys think? Matt, great question. Thank you for the call. Um, really good question because we haven't talked it. We've talked a lot about losing certain guys and stuff like that. Corey Graham, by the end of the season, was on the field a ton. Yeah. And we haven't talked at all about how they're filling that role. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's like where the Eagles are. They don't have like these pressing needs in terms of oh, they need a left guard. It's like blocking tight ends and stuff. Yeah, but they have like these situational players that they kind of like a slot corner or a Corey Graham. And when you think about it, I mean, look back at the snaps in the Super Bowl even, and Corey Graham played, he played 84% of the snaps in the Super Bowl. That's a starter. I mean, essentially for all intents and purposes, that's a starter. And then compare that to Michael Kendricks who played 43%. So like, you know, that's a pretty significant role. And I think that it's a position the Eagles want to address not only for this year to have that third safety in there, but Malcolm Jenkins is getting older and he plays he plays like almost all the snaps every year. So that's taking a toll on him and they ask him to play all around. So you wonder how long his career is going to go. You wonder about Rodney McLeod, who's probably making more money than the Eagles are comfortable paying with him after this year. He's here for this year. Can't really move on from him, but next year you can kind of move on from that contract. So one of those two guys is probably isn't going to be back next year, so you almost want to get that guy in the pipeline now to have him because, let's be honest, who is the backup safety right now? Like, who is the number three guy? Maybe it's Trey Sullivan, who was an undrafted free agent rookie last year. I mean, Chris Maragos, you know, ideally you do not want him on the field. They don't have a safety, a backup safety to step in, and that's really important, especially when you ask Malcolm Jenkins to play all over the formation. Yep. So I think that's why, number 32, you could be looking at Justin Reed, a guy who fits in there. I think that's a very underrated position of need for the Eagles at safety. I would go, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it is one of the most important spots they still have to fill. Because you just said it, 84%, and that's because yeah. they, they said, Malcolm Jenkins, you're covering the running backs, and we need another safety in here. And not just that, like, A, the Eagles specifically, but the NFL is moving more towards more secondary players on the field at once. You're, you're seeing a lot of 5-2 type setups Dime and, and stuff nickel. like yep. diamond nickel. So that that position all of a sudden becomes incredibly important. 888-729-9494. Let's head out to Delaware and talk to Vlad. Vladimir, you're on WIP. Hey there. Uh, just have a quick question. Is uh, third string quarterback, is he a Super Bowl champion <laughs> as well? That's a great question. Is, is Nate Sudfeld a Super Bowl winning quarterback? I'd say so. Legacy-wise, yeah, um, at the end of Nate Sudfeld's career, he's going to have four Super Bowl titles, three of which Carson Wentz won and one Nick Foles won, and he'll be a four-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback. You there, Vlad? Yeah, um, just um, final uh, play and a final drive of the Super Bowl and ending with uh, Philly Special, that pretty much summarized everything for the Eagles. It's the whole team, like they've been saying on the – 
on the parade that it, it doesn't really matter. I'm excited for them to pull out even more Philly special plays basically next year because we don't know who's the next superstar for Super Bowl winning drive slash play. I love it, Vlad. Who's going to win the next, next Super Bowl for us? I can't wait. But that's a good question. Not in a sense, and I know that the Eagles said they're going to retire the Philly special and all that, but that's what Doug wants you to think. Exactly. What do you think about about the aggressiveness heading into to after it worked so well this season? Is there any worry with you that that Doug might try and be even more aggressive or anything like that? Wor- worried that he might be more aggressive? Right. You know, to the to potentially to a detriment. No, I don't think I can. I don't think that could ever really almost be a thing. I think the way, and I think here's the thing: it's not like he's all just going on gut, right? That's the thing. He has this information. They oh, brought oh, it. Oh, analytics is yeah, that? Well, the, oh, uh, yeah. oh okay. <laughs> hey, I'm not against okay, that. Don't say, don't make me say, sound I like know, I'm against I that. Not, I um, yeah, but that's basically what it is. They have, and Jeffrey Lurie came out at the beginning of last season. He had a Thursday press conference before their first Sunday game, and he said, "Look, we're making a concerted effort." to do this on fourth down. And I think having that data there kind of supports that. It keeps it in check, too, because you would think that maybe that data makes them be more aggressive, and yes, but I also think, you know, there's situations where if you're going to be too afraid of that, it's going to scale it back. And with Doug, honestly, I want him to be as aggressive as he can because I love it. It's fun to watch. Honestly, that is like an underrated thing. Totally. And maybe that isn't always the best. uh, Maybe that doesn't always line up with what the analytics say, but like entertainment value, I love it. And that's what part that's part of what made the Philly special so great. And maybe we're not going to see that exact play, but are we going to see some trick plays? I think so. I think that's one of the great things about Doug. He knows when to break him out. And this, they were so good last season during the regular season, they didn't really have to use that. But when it's the playoffs, that's the time. It's, you know, it's time to, start to break out. that out. And he did, and I, I love that. He sure I- knows how to break him out. Hey, um, but I'm with you. <laughs> I, I like he does, and I I agree with you though in the sense that. I, what And we kind of mentioned it before, but Doug's ability to process situations in the moment. And and I heard Joe Giglio say this, Jack Fritz and Joe Giglio in the evenings. Check that show out. It's a, terrific. As much as I hate to give Jack praise, it is a great Joe's, show. Joe's pretty good. Yeah. Joe, well, Joe makes the show, but Jack's there I'm too. clearly holding back the show is what you're saying. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but Joe Giglio said, uh, he, uh, he was on with the Midday Show filling in for Joe to camera, and he, was, he said, it just came in. He's like, you know what? He's like, Doug coaches like a backup quarterback. He coaches like a quarterback. Like he was a quarterback, and he is interpreting the information that he's seeing like a quarterback does. I thought it was such a fascinating way to look at it, and and I think it's really dead on. So I'm with you, Doug. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being aggressive. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. We'll continue the conversation coming up. I see Kenny from the Dirty Thirty is on the line. He says something that I actually agree with, and most people wouldn't think it. Me too. You'll find out what it is next. It's Brandon Lee Gowton, James Seltzer, Jack Fritz, BGN Radio. Don't go anywhere. People are talking a lot of basketball. You should check out our fine city's pro team. Your official home to talk Sixers playoff basketball. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. You could thank me now. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Thank me later. Yeah, I know what I said. Jack Fritz on the ones and twos. Little Drake. Little Drake in the house. It's been a weird offseason. In a good way. But it's been weird because obviously much shorter. We're expecting it to be done by, you know, beginning of January or a little little longer than that. And it's kind of shortened the offseason a bit. But even more so, because the Eagles won the Super Bowl, something has happened to me that has never happened before. 
And my man Kenny from the Dirty 30 feels the same way. Kenny, you're on WIP. What, what's on your mind today? Guys, normally when the draft is coming around, I'm going out of my mind trying to figure out who we're going to get that's going to get us over the top. Last year, especially because it was in Philly, this, this whole week or whole month of April, I couldn't – I was just so nervous because the draft was coming. I couldn't wait. Where was I going to sit? Where was I going to go? This year, I don't care. <laughs> if we're the last pick. I'm going to go to bed in the morning. I'm going to, you know, see what Dawkins said. And I'm, it, I, this is uncharted waters for me, man. Kenny, I don't know what to do about this. I feel the exact same way. Uh, I, it's, uh, it's really strange. It is a strange feeling because I've spent my whole life getting so excited about the draft and thinking, like you said, about getting the pieces we need to finally put us over the top. And I feel the same way. If it weren't for my job and having to pay attention to this stuff, I wouldn't care at all about the draft this year. It's crazy. BLG. I'm on totally with you guys. I think the interesting thing too is that when you're at 32, there's so many players they could take. Like yeah. last year, it's hard were, to zero in on guys. Exactly. Last year they were at 14. We had a, like a pretty decent idea of where they wanted to go, and we kind of kind of debate those specific players. This year, like I do these mock draft roundups every Saturday morning on BleedingGreenNation.com, and it's like there's like 17 different names connected to the Eagles at one point. So it's like they could go anywhere. So it's almost like how am I supposed to get super invested? And even this one player, when he might not be there at 32, or like they could go in a way different direction. So that's another part of it. Well, just repeat what you said at 32. Yeah, yeah. You know what that's 32 great. means? 32 means we were the best. So yeah. we won the Super yeah, Bowl, Kenny. I, it's great. It's just, is it a good feeling just to not have to worry? It's 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 week, unreal. It still yeah. feels surreal. Kenny, does it still feel surreal to you? Because for me. Like I was just saying, with the whole offseason, with all that, like, I know the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I remember it happening. I remember the feeling and all that. But everything else, it just still feels surreal that the Eagles are the champs of the NFL for for the entire year, like, until until someone unseats them. And the best part, I, I travel a lot for business. And now walking around, and people know I'm an Eagle fan, and they just they congratulate you. They ask what the parade was like. They, it's a so you know it used to be oh you're a Philly fan now it's oh oh you're a Philly fan <laughs> that changed that's a great and point that's, that's awesome it just I just don't want this to end man I just don't want it to end Kenny thanks for the call brother good to hear from you and I feel the same way I don't want it to end maybe it doesn't have to end as uh, look the Eagles are 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 a legitimate I would say. When you look back at the Super Bowl champions, other than maybe the, the Patriots, just because every year when they win, they have the chance. I don't remember a team that won the Super Bowl that, you know, Seattle when they won it. But you know, I don't remember a team being as, you know, stocked from the Super Bowl roster, winning it without Carson Wentz. And they get Wentz back. All the injuries they had last year, the best coach in the NFL over Belichick because he beat him. Um, I mean, what, what, what do you think, BLG? It's, uh, do you ever remember, you know, a team being so primed for such a, a run? I mean, it feels like it's been a while. I think it would have to be Seattle because of, uh, you know, Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and then the defense they had. Although I think I always think about when you have a defense like that, you can't keep them intact forever. You right. pay those guys, guys well, as age. soon as Russell Wilson got money, then all of a sudden the defense falls apart. Funny exactly. how that works out. Exactly. So there's things you have to worry about there. Um, for whatever reason, Seattle just doesn't invest in their offensive line, which is like dumb. Well, that, that's the funny <laughs> thing too, is because they, they and I heard a lot of people say this that you know it's like they they just jettisoned all these players when all they really needed to do was get a new offensive line and yeah. they could have competed with that team. It's really been strange the 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 way that 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 team has kind of fallen from grace very quickly. But you look at even the um like the Broncos when they won, they were clearly you know that was a team that had. 
pushed its chips into the middle because you have Peyton Manning on his last legs, wasn't even playing well, and a bunch of other aging players and you know, those free agents and you know, you knew that they weren't gonna win. That was their chance. That was their window of opportunity. After, there was not they literally had like what, Trevor Simeon at quarterback yeah. after that year? That's not and the case here. Brock. Yeah, that's not the case. This is a team again. And that's something to the Eagles credit they've said. They've said we want sustainable success. And I was talking earlier in the show about towing that line of winning now, but also keeping, you know, stocked in the future and not going all in because I I don't really think the theory of going like I get what the Rams are doing in, in the sense of we're trying to maximize this value that we have in Jared Goff's rookie contract. Mm-hmm. And the, the LA thing. I think that, the that LA is a thing, legitimate absolutely. thing. Absolutely. But the problem with pushing your chips into the middle for one year is so much could happen out of your control. You could have like 50 injuries. And I know the Eagles had a lot of injuries. Yeah. But like, you know, but the you, Eagles built a team that was able to like well, withstand that, injuries and death like, and all that type of stuff. They had a fourth place schedule. You know, they're coming from the bottom of the NFC. Like too. this year, the Rams have first place schedule. They, you know, they have, they could be, you know, Ezekiel Elliott isn't going to be suspended. You know, like, there's all these factors. I think they played him when he was there anyway last year. But that's, I'm just saying, like, these factors that you can't control are something that you have to think about when you're going all in like that. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And, and, and I look again, it's, there is a reason that we have seen two teams repeat in this era of football, in the salary cap era. Like Brandon said, not only is it incredibly hard to do, the system is set up to stop you from doing it. What the Eagles have done and being able to really bring back, for most likely, you know, obviously we'll see what happens with Kendricks. We talked about that. But, you know, all the, the, the vast majority the of core. major players, the core to bring back and to be able to compete moving forward. And, and not just that, you know, we've talked a lot about having the best coach, but we also have the best GM in football running it or their best executive pr- president of vice executive operations, vice whatever you want to call it. Let's just call him the goat. How about that? <laughs> they got the goat running things. So you have to feel great about their ability to, to continue to win, but also continue to keep an eye on the future as well. Cause like you said, the Rams, the Vikings, you know, Packers, Aaron Rodgers there. It's a different thing, but Saints. The, the, the Saints, these teams have, have short windows, especially Minnesota who just gave Kirk Cousins $30 million a year. Guaranteed. Guaranteed All that he's getting that money. It won't hurt them this year, but next year they've got guys coming up. They're not going to be able to sign a lot of their great defensive players who make that team so well. The Rams clearly going for it this year. So for the Eagles to be able to still compete with those teams this year and have an eye on the future as well is something really special. I want to get into it as we've kind of talked about the potential for repeat, all that type of stuff, the core coming back. There's still some spots on this team that need to be filled. It's James Seltzer. It's Brandon Lee Gatton. We'll talk about that next. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yeah. I got to say, Jack Fritz is killing it Strong work. back there today. A little Pac, you can never go wrong. It's the best Pac song, too. Come at me. Whoa. James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gotten coming your way with BG and Radio. Coming up in just a minute, we're going to dive into to discussing what are the biggest needs still left on this team. We've kind of mentioned a few along the way here, and, and obviously the, the core of this team is still here, but still some interesting moves potentially on the horizon. First, let's head out to Abington and talk to Tom. Tommy! Jimmy! What's going on, my man? How you doing, brother? I'm good. How, how's it going, BLJ? Yo, what's up, Tom? 
Hey, uh, I thought uh, I thought Trey was supposed to be in with you guys today. Trey was supposed to be in, so I think uh, uh, Trey uh, might have had some timing issues or whatever. But maybe Trey uh, will show up at some point, but maybe he won't. Either way, uh, uh, we're here. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Uh, I love stuff on time. Yours for you. It's part one of four. So that's what I'm talking about, Tommy. All right. Uh, so Wayne, you know, I heard you guys talking Jimmy Ewart there last weekend about talking about his Carson Wentz, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Mm-hmm. You gotta say no. Thank um, you, Tom. Thank you. I and agree. just to back that up, I would ask you: Is Jimmy G a Super Bowl winning quarterback? It's a great question. Is it the same thing? Like, is are these situations it's, comparable? It, it's the closest I could come because he played the first four. Games yeah, he played year. a role last yeah, year, but like four games compared to what thirteen or whatever Carson played. Right, but he yeah, didn't that. play in the Super Bowl. How do you win a yeah, Super those, Bowl if you don't I'm, play in it? All right, but I'm just saying, like, how are we? How are those two things comparable? Is my question, like, directly it's comparable? Most, it's a, well, I know it's what Tommy was trying, but it's not. It's not like I think the best one, Tommy. What I would say is, would you say Phil Sims was a two-time winning Super Bowl quarterback or a one-time Super Bowl winning quarterback? One time, exactly, because Jeff Hostetler won the other one. But that's a good example. Rings. Yeah, sure. Exactly. That's the point. It was never an argument about rings. I acknowledge that Carson Wentz have, has a ring, and I acknowledge that he played as big a role as many people on the team in them being able to win that ring. He just didn't play in the game where they won it. So he's Absolutely. a Super Bowl champion. Correct. But he's So why Not is he a, a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl champion? Winning. But why is he a Super Bowl champion? Because he has a ring. Yes. Yeah, but why is he a Part Super Bowl? But he team. didn't play in the game. That's your right, argument. That- he and shouldn't be a Super Bowl champion if he didn't play in the game. Well, he didn't play in the game. He shouldn't be a Super Bowl champion. Uh, yeah. that's, that's what you're saying. That is what you're telling me. So you Tommy, don't like this it is the brick wall that I've been running into. And that's my point is it's inarguable. Like, I, I, I'm not saying. It's he, inarguable that he played in the game. Yes. Correct. That is that we all we all agree on that. No it's one is the, disputing well, when you look that. Back at legacy, and when you look back at legacy, people aren't going right, to say so here's he my won question. that Super Bowl. Here's my question: When you're talking about legacy, is the Carson Wentz era a failure if if the, Carson Wentz never plays in a Super Bowl and wins it for the Eagles? Yes. Yeah. It's a failure. Uh, Tommy, like, great call, by the way, Tommy. Thank I you for being here. I really agree with that. I can't agree with I, that. And I understand. Look, here's the thing. Like, how can you really say that? No, no, oh, no, we I'm, won a Super Bowl during that time, right. but it was a failure. Right. Here's okay. the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because of what expectations are and because of what we've seen from Carson. Look, nothing give me a failure. Carson Wentz played a massive role in the Eagles winning their first mm-hmm. Super Bowl ever. It's all we wanted. It's all we've ever cared about. We have a Super Bowl. No one can ever take that away from us. There's no more no rings crap. None of that stuff. So I'm with you. I get what you're saying. I don't think you can say it's a failure. I think that what you can say is it's a slightly disappointing because you expected more. What does Mitch have to say about Nick Foles here? Well, let's find out. Let's head out to East Windsor and talk to Mitch. Mitch, you're on WIP. Hey, how are we doing, guys? What's, going What's on, up, Mitch? Mitch? Uh, good show. Uh, Mr. James, jack of all trade. Uh, Seltzer. <laughs> Thanks. Seltzer. Thanks, Mitch. Sel- I appreciate Seltzer. it. Salsa. 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 Hey, Brad. Um, first, the Rams. I never seen. It seems like if you didn't win the Super Bowl, you gotta make a, almost do like an overhaul. I mean, the Patriots have gotten into too, but the Rams. I never seen. I like what they did with their defense, but the offense. I, I would think Watkins is better than Cook. They traded number two. They gave him number one. That's it, a little too much. Hopefully, the Rams get a running back. And same thing with the Eagles. Eagles. I. You can't say he's not a success. If Wentz did the the bulk of the work, if Nick Foles had started at the beginning of the season. 
I think the Eagles would have made the playoffs, but I don't think they would have won. Of course not. Uh, Mitch, I'm not I'm not arguing that, that Carson like they win a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz, so that Carson Wentz <laughs> didn't play a massive role in their ability to ultimately uh. win a Super Bowl. I'm just saying that you don't call someone who didn't play in the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You we see Johnny Reynolds and Dan Marino top five quarterbacks? Sure. Would you say that? Yeah, but they, but but what's the what's the point? Well, you know who you're talking to. One more thing I see Eagles do. Well, no, 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 no. Real quick, Mitch. I'm not saying that Carson Wentz isn't a great quarterback. Or, I mean, like I've said many times, I wouldn't wouldn't trade him for anyone in football. There's no one I'd trade him for. I'm with you. I'm just specifically talking about the fact that he didn't play in the Super Bowl, so you can't say he won the Super Bowl. Well, you said Nate gets a Super Bowl ring, too. He did the ball. He'll be back. He's had a career almost like Dan Marino. He led his team to the Super Bowl. He ain't playing it. Well, Dan Marino's Marino's team didn't didn't win. didn't win, yeah. But, right, but the first two years, and you wouldn't. Dan Marino's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But he's a Hall of Famer. And yeah, so oh, sure, I'm with you, Mitch. You're a great call. Appreciate it. Um, no one's arguing Carson Wentz's greatness or what he means to the team or whatever. We're just arguing the fact that he didn't play in the Super Bowl, so you can't call him a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Well, no one's arguing that he played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you guys were arguing on the podcast. Check it out at BGN underscore They're like, well, he coached. He was helping out on the side of the I'm field. I'm just saying his influence is bigger than just being a quarterback. Right, but he'd so call him a Super Bowl winning coach. I mean, what do you want? like he didn't well, play no, in the game. Well, no, but I'm just saying like there's a lot of credit. But there, but like it's simplifying that I think takes out a lot of credit. I do. I think when you simplify it that much, right, it but, takes out a lot of things that right, went argument- into him having a huge impact on the team winning. Of course he did. That is, uh, again... I, I I concede that point. They don't want a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz. He was a massive part of it. He just didn't play in the game. Let's head out to Woodbury Heights and talk to Big E. Big E, what's on your mind today? Hey, guys. Um, hope you're having a great day. You too, First buddy. of all, uh, Jack Behind the Glass does a great job. And um, well, Mr. Seltzer, you cracked me up. Thanks, Big I'm E. I'm glad because you, uh, you, the last segment when you were judging, it was oh, great. with Glenn? Yeah, thank you. I love that I didn't get in because I was going out and getting mulch for my, you know, today's the mulch day at Home Depot. Of course it is. Okay, so I have a question. Uh, it's on your board, and God forbid this happens. My question is, what would uh, Doug or, or Howie do? Because now we don't have default up, though, and we're not right. And here's the question. God forbid that... Um, your earth goes down, and you don't have Selleck, and you have no tight ends. My question is, if, well, I, didn't, I don't know this, a lot of this. I think there's an offensive line rule that you have to have seven people on the line, I believe. What would Doug do? I don't know if, uh, you know, do We're- a double slot, right? A double slot formation? Well, Biggie, I have no idea what you're talking about. What Like, what? Uh- well, I'm so confused right now. What, what's where are you going with this? Yes, you need seven guys on the line. So you need seven. But it, it's including. Let's say Earth goes down. We have no tight end unless Howie does something wonderful, right? Well, they just signed a tight end, Biggie. They just got Richard Rodgers in here. They're gonna they're they're gonna have at least at thank least you for the call by the way three tight ends on this roster. Yeah, it's at not least. done. That's what they kept last year. They could even go four. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know if they will because I don't know if the, the guys will be good enough. But it wouldn't surprise me. They'll have the guys. It'll be Ertz. For sure. Um, Richard Rogers, that depends on if like if Billy Brown really steps up and has a great and shocks us and has a great summer, then he can make the team. I think that's what the Eagles are kind of hoping with the Richard Rogers signing. They're hoping, like, all right, we have this guy here. 
we don't love him, but he's here. If we need him in case something goes wrong, in case Billy Brown doesn't turn out to be anything or he gets hurt or whatever, then we have this guy. That's why you make that addition. And so that you don't have to force a pick in the draft on a tight end just because you need a body in there. And to his other point, Biggie, don't worry. I feel very confident that the vast majority of the time, the Eagles will line up correctly with the right number of people on the line. BLG, he brings up a good point, though, about the tight end position. We've talked a lot about that position. I think we can both agree. And we've already said that the blocking tight end, adding to that spot is something that they're going to need to do moving, or, you know, they're going to add to that spot moving forward. Kind of mentioned the Corey Graham spot before. What are some other spots on this team that you still feel are unsettled? Backups, obviously, whatever. What, what roster positions on this team are still unsettled in your mind? I think the biggest need on the Philadelphia Eagles right now is slot cornerback. Mm-hmm. I really do. Which is crazy because they have a thousand guys on the team at cornerback all of a sudden. Patrick Robinson played 69% of the, sn- nice percent nice. Of the snaps nice. last year. That's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, we were talking about earlier about how these teams want to use nickel more. I mean, that third cornerback is not necessarily a starter in name, but for all, you know, functionally, he's a starter. And I think it's a really important spot. And you look at the guys the Eagles are targeting, some of the guys they've had in for pre-draft visits. You look at a Mike Hughes. You look at um, the Traymon Smith, who I reported uh, is going to be visiting them. Uh, you're even looking at a guy who hasn't visited with them but kind of fits in that mold as a, a Jyree Alexander from Louisville. All of those guys are slot types who can also return punts. Ooh. That would be awesome. Yeah. You get that guy, kills two birds with one stone. Well, that's a position that we haven't talked at all about, but they don't have a punt yeah. return on the roster, or at least one yeah. you, you trust to, be, to return punts. If it had to be today, it would probably be Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, or Corey Clement or someone like that. I mean, like yeah. you know, I mean, he'll he kicks or whatever, but I mean yeah. – they're, they're, they're deficient in that area, and obviously the Sproles thing is... The, real quick, where do you think there's is Sproles going to be back? Because that's kind of been one of the ones that's been... We've heard things both ways on. I don't know. I like Everyone saw... You know, Doug said he wants him back. Yeah, but like, I didn't... That didn't... To me, that didn't mean he's definitely going to be back. Nothing. Co- and, yeah, especially because you. Doug doesn't make the personnel decisions. That's Correct. great. But I think, I think the thing with Sproles is that he is in no rush to sign anywhere right now. He is what? He's going to be 34 this summer or 35 mm-hmm. this summer. And he is not rushing to get into a camp for OTAs. No, he wants to spend time with his family. He wants to keep rehabbing, working out, taking his time. I think wherever he ends up being, we'd see a decision like that after OTAs sometime before training camp. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there as well. Um, interesting, though, when you when you look at kind of the... the I, I agree with you about slot corner. And yeah. it is it, it is interesting, and I was kind of joking there, but they go and they trade for Daryl Worley. You know, you've got Sidney Jones coming back as mm-hmm. a second year for some of the other guys, uh, Douglas and whatnot. How do you see the shaking out? If you still feel like they need a slot corner on this team, what are they going to do? There are a lot of cornerbacks on this team. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, obviously, Darby's on the last year of his contract. So, and there's there hasn't been talk that specifically they're interested in trading him, but there's been some kind of thought that you could see him moved. Um, you have Jalen Mills. You the the thought is possibly he could eventually move to safety. So maybe he is your third safety mm-hmm. all of a sudden, and then that kind of opens up a spot at corner. Um, Daryl Worley, you know, I don't think he's so good that he's like a hundred percent locked to make the team. Uh, you know, the fact that he was traded for Torrey Smith right kinda, shows kinda shows it. Yeah, I mean, look, Torrey Smith was going to be cut yeah. if the, if a team didn't take him. Yeah. So Daryl Worley couldn't have that much value. And I'm not despite, saying he's awful. I'm just yeah. saying like, I don't think he's that great that he, like he's this his lock. So we'll see. And uh, and the thing with Sidney Jones is that 
you know, very high in his potential, but he's not a proven commodity sure. by any means, especially coming off the injuries. So and especially at that position, it, it usually, for the most part, we've seen, you know, Jalen Ramsey, like super elite guys, yeah. but it takes, and Mar- Marshawn Lattimore, we saw this past year, but for the most part, cornerback is one of those positions where it takes guys a little bit of time to I adjust agree. to the league. So you have these guys, you don't really have to, I don't think you worry too much about, you know, how do we make this fit? You kind of just, I think what they're doing, especially that's a position they haven't been able to solve, is let's just get all these guys resources. Yeah, and let them battle it out, and we'll figure it out later. I think that's how you approach that. I, and I love that. They did that at wide receiver the, the offseason before. I, I think that that is a, a valid way of going about it, especially with how many misses you do have in this in this sport. Um, obviously, like last year, maybe how you'll hit on pretty much everything he does again, and then it won't be an issue. <laughs> well, Donald Pumphrey. Yeah, well, it didn't even <laughs> matter. Remember, Remember the fights. That we all had over Donnell Pumphrey. It was like the biggest deal in the world. And then it, it just didn't matter. And they won the Super Bowl. Did you know they won the Super Bowl? I I, I still can't get enough of saying it. 888-729-9494. Coming up, BLG just mentioned some draft options there. We'll go a little bit deeper into that and some of the positions they could target. For now, let's head out to Burlington talk to my buddy Ike. Ike! Yo, what's up, guys? What's up, up brother? What's on your mind today? Uh, not much, man. I'm I'm sitting here listening to the Carson Wentz talk. I wanted to talk about that, and then the Eagles as a whole, the draft. The way the way that I view this whole thing, because this was this wasn't like any other year I've ever seen an NFL team had before. So I started thinking of different scenarios that remind me of what took place with them, and I like to think of it as a four by one race. I look at it as you know, you have four sprinters, and your lead guy, you know, took took the baton and got out to such a large lead. I mean, he blew the doors off the thing to where literally the last three runners, all they had to do was just run, you know, a pretty average race and just cross the finish line with the baton. And if and if you look and if you're looking at that like I say like an Olympic sport or something like that, and someone's talking about the champ the four by one champions, they're gonna look at who was most worthy of them getting that championship. And I like to look at Carson as that first sprinter. I you know no, like it's a it's a great analogy and I do think that it that it holds some weight in terms of yes, Carson was the guy who got them out to that lead, got them into position so they were able to actually get it done. <laughs> But he didn't win the Super Bowl, but right? But is that last I mean, person I, then the but like, yeah, like is that last person no, the only winner? Thing. No, because if we're talking well, about different things here, what would you call that here, person though? You would call him part of a four by four team, like. But, but he was the one who played in the final part. But it's one race. It's one race. But it's why your, isn't the Super Bowl season? Because, that's, uh, look, that's it, what we're not, saying. Like, I, and again, I'm not dismissing what Wentz did. My point is that whether we like it or not, that is how people judge these things. People look at it and say, "Who won the Super Bowl? Who was the who played in the game?" Like. You know, I mean, Trent. But the game doesn't exist independently of the season. When you look back and say it was a Super Bowl season, you don't just think of one game. But that's that's why there's a distinguishing factor. He has a ring. He is part of a Super Bowl champion team. He didn't play in the Super Bowl, so he didn't win the Super Bowl specifically as a Super Bowl winning quarterback. It's semantics. It's the stupidest argument we've ever had. But I feel very passionately about it. I know Fritz <laughs> does as well. Fritz, where are you at with this? It's not like, like it's, if it was one game. It might be a different circumstance, but like it's not like Wentz played the whole postseason and then only sat out for the Super Bowl. Like it, he was Foles did the whole run. True. And while Wentz was great the whole regular season, he's the MVP of the league. There's a difference between being a winning a Super Bowl and just winning games in the regular season, no matter how that how that works out. 
Like, would you call Phil Sims a two-time winning Super Bowl quarterback, or would you say he won one and Jeff Hosseller won one? No, I, I, I wouldn't because you can't. And, and ultimately, honestly, I think you're both right. The, the, the thing I wanted to bring up, though, the biggest difference I've seen within the two when Wentz was in there and when he wasn't, the dominance that the Eagles played with when he was on the field, because remember, totally. every single game that Nick Foles played in, other than the Vikings game, it was a one-score game. No, that's fair. And they they were they were murdering teams for a while there. And and he elevated the play of every. You got to remember, yes. man. Oh, uh, there's no question. Uh, Wentz is incredibly important and amazing, and and made everyone around him better. A- absolutely, and I just want to say real quick: Can you think? Of back when them earlier 2000 Eagles teams, you know, the ones with uh, McNabb and Trotter. Could you imagine if in, say, 2001 or 2002, the Eagles won the Super Bowl and and the next year they're getting back Donovan McNabb, Jeremiah Trotter, a young Lido Shepard or a young Sheldon Brown, Ike Reese, their special teams captain to parlay Chris Maragos and Trey Thomas. That's what the Eagles have coming back I, this year. I, gr- That's scary. Great call. Great point there, too. Strong call by yeah, Ike. Yeah, great call by Ike. And he is right. I mean, like, it's a semantics argument. So we're both right about what we're saying. We just completely disagree with how it's being said. But, um, look, I, I think that's a great point there at the end as well by Ike. Like, you look at what this team is getting back after already winning the Super Bowl. It's, it's really exciting. Now, now, his problem was he's mentioning players who aren't as good as these guys, you know, except for Ike Reese, wow. obviously Ike Shots is star. Fired at, Not at Ike. Ike, 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 Ike over Maragos. No offense to Chris, but I mean, oh, so now you hate Chris. You take Wentz over McNabb, obviously. You take yeah. Peters over Trey. No offense, wow, Trey. Wow, it's throwing shots at and, your uh, former, and you, and you take, current uh, coworkers. Yeah, Trey didn't show up. What am I supposed to do? I got to take shots. I still love you, Trey. Yeah, I love you too, Trey. Let's have the North Philly and talk to David. David, you're on WIP. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing, brother? Um, if you look at the roster, um. When they go into the draft, they have so much flexibility, and they can still restructure the roster via trades depending on who they draft. Let's say say, uh, really top-notch defensive end slides, and they're able to pick them up. If they truly believe in the talent— It's a great point here, David. I'm with you. I personally wouldn't do it unless you know you got the right guy, but that could potentially make Brandon Graham— you could trade them and get value for them if you feel that you have a 21 or 22-year-old 20, that can come in and perform, and then you have your book and defensive ends. Well, one of those and, guys is Derek Barnett, and he's already here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, again, if, just look look at how the roster is structured. If Because of all the quarterbacks going early, if you're able to get a really top-notch blue-chip defensive end that you feel can be bet, like he can be your number one or your number two, you have him and Barnett. That makes Brandon Graham expendable where you can trade him now and get value. David, I personally wouldn't do it, but that's where they're at yeah. at certain positions. David, we're up, a, quarterback. we're up against a great call, and you bring up a really interesting point. I want to get into that next. We always talk about best player available, BPA versus need, all that type of stuff. For once, it seems like the Eagles are in a position where it really doesn't matter. Like, they really should just be able to take the best player on the board, regardless of where that dude plays. We'll get to that next. Of course, continue this uh, absurd, ridiculous argument about whether Carson Wentz is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback or not, and much more. 888-729-9494. It's Brandon Lee Gowden, James Seltzer, BGN Radio. 
Talking Philly sports with Bucks County. Awesome. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. <laughs> Well, we got a treat here. We're 30 minutes from the end of the show. We're just talking, <laughs> hanging out. We're like, oh, I guess Trey's not coming. Uh, Who shows up during the big Patrick Thomas? Yes. What up, baby? Man, I'm good, man. You know what? I So pissed. Scheduling situation <laughs> that I just messed up. I apologize, BGN oh, family, right, man. man. You know, that's, you know, it's so unlike me to miss something like this. And it's I was true. extremely pissed to miss it, but. Man, I was right down the street doing a painting event for our studio, and I taught my first class today, so I was a little excited about it. But I thought we were going on at 3.30 our usual time, but my bad. No but worries. I made sure I came in. I, I jumped in my van, and then I hear you talking about, you know, I take Jason Peters over me. Yeah, that's right. Hey. Like, what is that? Hey. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wouldn't, what would you say? Jason ah. Peters? Ah! You know what? I would try to keep both of us, and we bump him down the guard. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. See, that's good thinking right there. Yeah. Trey, uh, how'd the class go? It went well. It went well. It was my first time, man, just trying to get up there and teach a class. And, and it was, the painting wasn't that difficult. It was cool. You know, we got everybody <laughs> through it. It was a tree. And, you know, we like doing trees. If That's you mess awesome. up, you know, you're making a branch. Ha! You know, it's nice and easy. You know, just keep it going from there. I love it. Well, Trey, we're, we're perfect timing because uh, we'll go back to the phones in just a second. But Brandon had, uh, had put out the uh, the call for some mailbag questions from the bleedinggreennation.com Fan base, BLG, throw a couple questions at me and Dre real quick. We're going to start off with James Russell. Do you believe J.J. is the Eagles' long-term solution at running back for years to come? He's a free agent after this season. No. No. Okay. Moving on. Pretty yeah. simple one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, look, um, I think they're wearing him down for another year, and he's going somewhere yeah. else. I think the Eagles coaching, this question comes from uh, KMJR underscore 04. I need a better Twitter name, my friend. Um, <laughs> I think Eagles coaching staff is going to take it slow with Carson Wentz and his recovery. How many games would you think Carson needs to get into his 2017 self? That's a good question. Trey, uh, how, do you, how long do you think, forgetting what game he actually starts the season, once he starts playing, how long do you think it'll take him to get back to where he needs to be? I think it'll take a couple of games just to get in game shape, mm-hmm. you know, to just have that conditioning about himself. But um, I think that I, I would say one or two games, and he should be ready to go, you know. Um, because I think most of his stuff is going to be a lot of film preparation, you know, getting ready, reading blitzes, understanding what's going on. And then it's just going to be the, the conditioning aspect of it that's going to have to happen. Yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, most of the the, uh, the stuff above the head will be totally fine, ready yeah. to go from the jump. Yeah. And uh, I think maybe a little over-eagerness potentially at the beginning, wanting mm-hmm. to get back. But I'm with you. It shouldn't take too long. BLG? This comes from our good friend Casey Young. Casey! Uh, Casey says that John Barchard compared Sidney Jones to Ben Simmons' excitement. Is the hype still up there for Sydney compared to Ben Simmons? Well, I mean, that's not fair to Sydney. I mean, <laughs> I love Sydney Jones and I am super psyched to see this guy play like legitimate time in the NFL. But I mean, really? I mean, Ben Simmons is a top 20 player in the NBA, like now, like yeah. right now. I mean, yeah. uh, he just beat the Cavs last night and it was him. He was a, a superstar. I I love the the thought and I love the hype for Sydney Jones in Barchard's mind, but no, we're close to Ben Simmons in my mind, Trey. Nah, yeah. I'm all about. I mean, know. it's just it is. That's, what it is. that's so Barchard, by the way. I know it's <laughs> such a like a, it's it's kind of ridiculous. He compared Oscar honest. Lindblom to Sixto Sanchez, and I 
thought you, about that quitting was like, the podcast. Yeah, you, I, I'm surprised you didn't quit. I mean, that's heresy to you. Any other there, BLJ? Well, real quick on that point is that I think the Sidney Jones, like expecting him to be Marshawn Lattimore or um, who else did you say? Or like uh, Jalen Ramsey Jaylen right away. Ramsey, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's realistic. I'm not saying he doesn't have that potential, but just like out of the gate, like, yeah, yeah slow down a little and bit. And still, again, he played one really game and didn't play the whole game against Dallas. Didn't yeah. really play it all during the playoffs. Yeah. And and coming off an Achilles injury. I know he's, yeah. he'll have the time to be healthy, but he's still going to need to get in there, the game speed, all that type of stuff. Here is yeah. a non-Eagles question from our, from our good friend Matt Grumbrecht. Love Matt. If you had to partner with one member of the BGN crew in a survival situation, who would you choose and why? Oh, I don't know who's the outdoorsman. It's a great question. <laughs> I don't think anyone. I was a life scout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, yeah? I was one away from Eagle Scout. I would choose myself. You were one away from Eagle Scout? Yeah, I did quit. I didn't want to do it anymore. I, I was you, very close. Well, so he's a quitter. You, you can make keep fire, fire from sticks. So Jack's <laughs> out, yeah. Well, I watch Survivor, so I'm a clear winner. So <laughs> okay, me, yeah, you, 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 know, yeah, you might I know be better all these survival techniques. Yeah. I, I, I think I would take James. Me and I, I, I trust James and I are in the same page a lot, so yes. I think... Like I think that would be good because if we're out somewhere, we, we there wouldn't be fighting about things. You know, like I agree. We, we would be on the same page. We get stuff done. <laughs> yes, and our I think our skill sets match up well. The the things that I'm good at, like <laughs> knocking my knocking water bottle over, water. <laughs> you know, or, or you're right. like and vice versa. Anyway, Trey. Yeah, I, I have no idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta pick Trey. Trey, Trey, Trey yeah, Trey, let's go, man. Yeah, I picked him. So, yeah. I, mean, I, can't, I can't blame I'm you. I'm, not gonna be mad I'm at a you. survival star. What can I say? Yeah, we yeah. go catch fish with sticks yes. and, you know. I've been to a lot of fish festivals and, hung, and and slept in tents then, so that should count, right? Yeah, I've never done the camping thing, so. All right, yeah. I, I more, like it. One, one more, more mailbag question. question, then it's, back to the phone. This is from uh, at Brandon Gowton. It's oh! who do you want the Eagles to pick at thirty-two? Uh, it's a great and question. And you can't trade down. I'm saying, like, if they pick at thirty-two, who do you want? Can them we to take? take liberties with hope, like someone who probably won't fall, but maybe? It's up could... to you. Who do you want them to take? I'm saying, I w- not like who do you think well, they will take. Who do you want them I, to take? You know where I'm going, and because because you've been there for a long time. I JJ is not the long-term answer at running back. I want that answer. I don't think he'll be there, but a Darius guys, um, uh, Sony Michelle, someone like that. I want, I want the future at running back. I think the end of the first round is is a great spot to get that. That's who I want. Trey, I would like to take the tackle out of Texas A and M. I cannot okay. think of his name right now. Rankin, Martinus yeah. Rankin. Yeah, I would. Okay. I wouldn't mind seeing someone yeah. like that just because we need um, Jason Peters getting up in years. You know, someone that can possibly bump out the plate, be ready to play at left tackle and also can bump down the guard if needed. Okay. Yeah. I think I would go with uh, either that Mike Hughes guy or Jairi Alexander. I think that's what I'm leaning towards, too. A guy who can play the slot, he can return. I just think that probably makes a lot of sense. And for what it's worth, all three. Or Justin Reed. All three would make me happy. I'd be very happy yeah. with a slot corner uh, yeah, returner. I love guys. Yeah. I love I'd, an offensive tackle. Yeah. I would love it. I mean, when was the last time we had a, a high pick as an offensive lineman? At Lane, Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson, yep. exactly. Yeah. So, and. That worked out all right. I yeah. in the fourth pick in the draft. But eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Let's head out to Brooklawn and talk to Bill. Bill, you're on WIP. Hey guys, I was just wondering what your what your thoughts were. The the lowering your helmet rule that they're talking about seems to possibly be taking a lot of the physicality, unfortunately, out of the game. And I was wondering if the teams would be looking to draft differently, go for more speed and less for the big hitters. Uh, yeah. Trey, what do you, I mean, you played in the league. I'll give you my thoughts and BLG's after, but Trey, you played in the league. What do you think about this new rule? I mean, all it's going to do, the coach is just going to change a different way of just teaching the technique. You know, um, 
I think, yeah, yeah, you're going to go out there. The game is always going to be about getting speed players out there. You're going to need somebody to go out there and um, and, and it can burn down the field. But, you know, uh, and you're going to always need an enforcer out there. I think it's just going to teach, have the coaches change the way they teach the game, and you're just going to move on from there. I think it's going to be a disaster. Uh, at least early on, and it all depends on how they legislate it from the you know the referees and that's, how they. That's a yeah. huge. Factor. It's what it comes down to, and look, the wording could be different from how they actually ref it, but yeah. if they are refing it by the letter of the law that they put in, I think it's going to be a disaster. You see those type of hits all the time, and the problem is they're not purposeful. It's just bodies. It's just, yeah. Bodies are moving at crazy speeds, and sometimes all of a sudden a helmet's where a body was before. It's mm. really hard to legislate that in my mind, BLG. Yeah, I'll believe this has a big impact when I see it. When honestly, it happens. And when we see how it's going to be enforced, because that still hasn't happened. I'm not yep. going to like overreact until I see that. I, I agree, yeah. but 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 to your point, Bill, the heart of the of the rule, it, not great. Well, yeah, and it seems, I mean, they said they're going to get together again in May, and I'm kind of hoping that some of them come to their senses. I mean, I, you know, I'm not out there banging my head, but, you know, I love the, the hitting, and if they take that out and try to make it more of a touch football type thing, I think they're going. They're concerned about ratings. I think they're going to lose people if the physicality drops. No, Bill, it's a great call, and, and it is, obviously, it's that, that kind of high wire act the NFL is is walking on in the sense mm-hmm. that, you know, they know, we all know that there are, there are long-term issues that can happen with, with players' health. Yeah. I think ultimately, though, when you look at it, like, look, the players certainly now know the risks. They know they, they're getting paid money for it. If they're willing to take those risks, if you change the game too much, it's not going to be football anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, look, I, I, you know, I'm all for player safety. I'm all for keeping people healthy, but... You know, there's only so much you can do without changing the sport and what the sport is. So it's a really fine line they're walking. Ooh, let's head out to the left coast out in San Diego. Brett's on the line. Brett. San Diego. What's on your mind today, bud? Hey, guys. What's up? It's my first time calling in there. Oh, thanks uh, right. for calling, brother. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, I hear it's a blizzard out there in, in Philly. Uh, uh, it's not, actually. It was a, it was uh, a, one of those it was beautiful rare yesterday. occurrences where weather people were wrong and yeah. we got nothing. Oh, I mean, most of the time, yeah, it's something I don't miss uh, living out here. I can imagine. It's beautiful out there. So uh, my question here is um, every year, every draft season, I always fall for the hype of the offense, even when we have a need or, or you know, it'd be smarter to get a, a tackle or whatever. I always fall for the wide receivers and the running backs. And uh, now I'm seeing, like, on these mock drafts online, and I don't know how accurate they are, I'm seeing players like Calvin Ridley suddenly they're there at 32. And, and all of a sudden, like, it just changes, and all these guys are suddenly, oh, they're at 32. What do you think um, – this seems to happen every single draft. Like, the whole top half shifts, and all of a sudden, these players that were once hyped are like, oh, yeah, yeah, they'll be in the second round. Mm-hmm. Why does that happen, and do you think any of these guys are going to fall? It's a good question. There's always reasons for yeah. people to fall. I mean, you know – Guys do stupid stuff during this time. They, uh, yeah. they don't just run te- as fast at yeah. their pro day as people thought they would. Yeah, just team needs. You know, um, things change. What you can get in free agency. Yep. There's a lot that can happen. Um, or you have like agents like hyping guys up. Yeah. So, so in the media, like there's this perception they're like, oh man, this guy is like a top five pick. But then like NFL evaluators, be yeah. like, no, this guy's like fifty pick. Exactly. You know? yeah. And it's all in what people see in film. You know, and you, when you guys take another look at the film. And you start seeing a player a certain type of way. And if that player – because now coaches don't have the same amount of time that they used to have before. So you need a player to come in a lot more polished and ready to go. Brett, great call, man. Thank you for making it. We appreciate it. And, uh, ooh, 
some good names on the line coming up, up against it here. But I see, can we call him BLG's nemesis? Maybe not nemesis, but if you oh, want to hear BLG get fired up, <laughs> that is going to come next as our boy Rashim is on the line. That is can't miss can't radio. Wait. Also see another name on the line. Something we haven't talked to in a while. Is a great friend of BGN radio. That is yes. all coming up next. Plus, we we got Trey Thomas here. Yes. Unexpected joy of Trey Thomas yes. bursting in for the last half hour of the show. Some more of Trey, Brandley Gout, and James Seltzer, BGN Radio. One more segment to go. We're coming right back. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. One more segment to go. Rob. And Hollis coming your way from the ballpark next, leading you up to Phillies Marlins later tonight. Let's head back out to the phones. It's Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gout, and James Seltzer as we uh, let's get these callers in for one more segment. I, I teased it before the break. If you want to hear Brandon Lee Gout and get fired up, just put this guy on the phone with him. Sheem, what's going on, brother? What's up? Hey, how you guys doing? All right. What's up? What's up, what's up? Um, well, you know, I'm always a Nick Foles supporter. I do think if, we have, if he would have played the whole season that, you know, we, we probably would have been in the same position. The one season that he did have um, to himself, you would say, that's when he broke his collarbone. And as far as, like, you know, the third safety, you know, um, you know, Corey Graham and uh, Marco Jenkins was former corners. If you look at Rasul Douglas' history of playing, you know, uh, corner, he only played corner his last year at West Virginia and then, you know, and this year with the Eagles, he was always a safety going back to his junior college days before he transferred to West Virginia. So, so I think, and he has the physical, you know, attributes. He's six two, you know, two hundred and and ten plus pounds. So I think having Malcolm Jenkins there will actually, you know, help him with this transition. Um, um, and then going to the draft, I always thought that we needed a linebacker. What that this is a Paul Worlo and Corey Nelson. I think now that we'll focus on like getting another DN just because you look at some of the guys that we have is a little bit older um, on one year contracts. I'm not sure if we're going to re-sign Brandon Graham. Um, so I think getting a DN or or a tackle for the first pick is good. Or even you know Harry Roseman is definitely going to get more picks. So even trading back, um, I'm with that also. Seem um, good call, man. Very, very uh, you know what? Uh, and BLG, I'm sure will respond to the Foles take. What, what whatever. You know? No, I'm not. But Seem, uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate. You know, Seem comes prepared, and he does his research, and he and he, and he makes good points. So we appreciate Seem. Good call, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Good call. All right. That was that was informative and and an interesting point about uh, Douglas. We talked about that before. I, you know, you've heard a lot of people say that. What do you think, BLG? Is is Rasul Douglas potentially a safety down the road? I mean, just because they have so many corners, I wouldn't rule it out. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're going to have to make this fit somehow. But I don't think they're itching to move him there. I think they like that he is this, you know, this bigger guy who can play corner. And, and it's a situation where you want to see him fail at corner and then you can move him to safety. You don't want to just rush him more valuable there. Yeah, if he works at corner. Exactly. So that, I think it's kind of that's where it's at. Trey, to his other point, if, uh, if the best player on the board is at 32 is a defensive end. You taking him? No. No. Right. What are you going to do with him? Well, with Bennett being, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Bennett, but mm-hmm. let's say he is on the team. Yeah, he's, let's say he's gonna, let's say he'll he, be there. He could be gone next year just because he's getting older. He's his contract is no guaranteed money, and then we don't. BG is going to be a free agent after this year, and then Chris Long is probably definitely gone after this year. So. That's three guys who might not be back next year. But when year. you lay it out like that, 
<laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you definitely need to take one. Yeah, it's fa- again, it's really fascinating because like you always talk best player available, but I don't think anyone ever truly means it in its core best player available. And I think you say other than a quarterback, like if the best player on the board, I think there's a real chance the Eagles take him regardless of what mm-hmm. the needs are. Look who's on the phone right now. One of our oldest and best BGN radio followers. Let's head up to Brooklyn and talk to our man Sundiata. What up, brother? Hey, James, my brother from another great mother. How you guys doing, man? <laughs> doing good, on? man. All right. Doing good. What's on your Girl, mind today? I, I think it's good that um that uh, you guys are discussing this Carson Wentz thing because unfortunately he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Thank you. He's sir. a quarterback that has a Super Bowl ring. Um, Nick Foles is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Uh, unfortunately, even guys like Trent Dilfer, you know. Yeah, he's a I'm Super with you. Winning quarterback, you know. Um, Carson Wentz didn't win it. He was there. He was probably seventy-five uh, percent. Uh, well, not seventy-five percent, but he was a huge. He was more part. than fifty. You could say it was more probably than more 50, than fifty. Yeah. Yes, I agree. More than fifty. You know, um, but he he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I was, that's quick. Um, and I wanted to address the uh, tight end, the backup tight end position. Yeah. Um. I think Trey Burton gave us a lot of flexibility, you know, obviously with the, you know, whole Philly special and everything. But just for playing a tight end position, you know, we was able to flex him out wide. He was able to really create mismatches, get separation from linebackers and safeties also. Um, that aspect is going to be missed, and it's going to make things tougher because everybody's everything's going to constrict on Ertz, you know, and it's going to make a lot of, jobs harder for the rest of the offensive skill guys so i think we really need to address that second tight end position it's definitely not going to be richard rogers um maybe through the draft i hope billy brown pans out because i believe he's coming the undrafted way just like trey burton did if i'm not mistaken correct so um you know that could that could gel and that could play out the same way that'd be awesome but we really need to pay attention to that because that gives us a luxury that I think helped us a lot last year. Yeah, that, yo, I, I think it's a yo, great it's point. Awesome talking to y'all. A man. pleasure. Oh, thanks for calling in, man. Oh, man, I love you guys. As y'all always. We easy. love you too, brother. <laughs> we appreciate it, flag. man. No doubt, man. I got the flag flying high in Brooklyn. You That's know, what I'm talking ACDC. about. Love it. That's for what I'm talking about. about. to rock, it's playing loud. You know, the Meek Mills is playing loud. <laughs> they are knowing up here that we are the champions. They I, know. I love it, Sundiata. Be well, brother. Thank you for calling in. Love that guy. Sundiata taking time out of work to call in, Yes, too. Yeah. Uh, yes. And <laughs> yeah. representing yeah. up in Brooklyn. You know what? Suck it, New York. That's all I'll say. <laughs> BLG, any response to his uh, point there about second tight end? Well, I do want to get to this thing, this call on the oh, screen. Oh, I'm going to get – oh, Bob but, from Del Ran will, will round yeah. us out because Bob from Del Ran, at least according to Jack Fritz, the, the, the writing, the point that he is going to make on the board is a great, very astute point, and we're excited to hear it. But BLG, real quick. But I do think uh, Richard Rodgers kind of fits that mold like we were talking about earlier in the show. He's not going to be as good, but he kind of at least – like he's a guy you can kind of move around. You can catch – he can catch. Like That's the thing he can do. Then they're probably going to add at least one guy in the draft, if not multiple. Yeah, I think so too. Trey, any mm-hmm. other thoughts there? Ah, that's yeah. that's that sounds it up, man. And then you know, you're just hoping that Billy Brown could come in and do his thing. Yep. Yeah. All right, uh, uh, let's head out to Del Rand to talk to all Bob. All right, I love it. Who wants to tell us about someone who sucks? Bob, you're on WIP. Hey, I think the most overrated, overhyped yes. quarterback in the league, and I've gotten pushback from Ray Dittinger, McNow, and many of your people, and I don't get this guy. I don't think he's bad. 
just think he's overrated. The person is Dak Prescott. Yes. yes. You are talking I to the right show, baby. He had the benefit of a, a really good offensive line and a generational running back, and you and me could stand back there and put up sets, and yet he was talked as an MVP. And I want to also say one thing, too, as well. He, he, was, also, he was also panicky when a pass rush was coming in there. Yep. I would take Nick Foles over Dak Prescott any day of the week because Nick Foles, and that's no disrespect to the Eagles, I'm an Eagles fan, Dallas had much more talented offensive line, a much better running back, that Elliott, and he did more with less, won a Super Bowl. So why do these people, and I respect the heck out of Ray and Glenn and many other people, keep saying that this guy is that good? I don't get it. Educate me. Bobby, great call. BLG is going to educate you right now. Lay it on him. I'm going to phrase it like this. Dak Prescott struggled last year because – his offense lost its best player in Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott. Carson Wentz didn't struggle because he was the team's best player. And also lost Jason Peters and Darren Sproles and real assets on that offense as well. In fairness, Dak Prescott didn't have Sean Lee. Ha! This is a little joke. That is a, yeah. It's a good one. But he did benefit from a good offensive line. Yeah, the year before, yeah. a great offensive line. Yeah, he had a really good offensive line. I think Wentz, even though you lose Jason Peters, our offensive line did firm it up. You know, you put any quarterback back there, I don't care who he is, and he has a dicey offensive line, he is not going to be productive. Yep, unless, like Aaron you know? Rodgers. You yeah. know, and he, and not just that, as at the beginning of his career, he probably wouldn't have Aaron Rodgers now. You yeah. know, that's the type of thing. I couldn't agree more, and, and I'm with him. I, look, I, I, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying Dak Prescott sucks. Yeah. He does. But he is not, yeah, there you go. He's not the guy, he's not the guy who we saw in his rookie season. Yeah. No. He's not. All right, uh, Trey, final thoughts? Oh, man, just... Just still riding the wave and just Love enjoying it. it, man. Paint a tree. Yes. Painting trees. CLG. BGN Radio and iTunes rate, review, subscribe. And uh, my final thought will be thank you for listening, everyone. Can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Uh, for Trey Thomas, for Brandon Lee Gout, and I'm James Seltzer. Coming up next, we'll take you down to the ballpark. Rob Cherry, Hollis Thomas leading you up to Phillies, Marlins. Thank you to Jack Fritz. Terrific job behind the glass. It's BGN Radio. We'll talk to you later.